Louise McSharry on 2FM. Now, it is time for us to move into, um, well, actually, I was going to say it's more kind of, you know, fickle territory, but it's not always um, our pop culture segment. Sometimes we have to talk about some quite serious things, and today is no exception. It's a mixed bag. And I am joined today by Esther O'Moore Donahue, host of the 80% podcast. Hello, Esther. Hello, Louise. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Uh, just chilling here in my jammers, broadcasting live to the nation as you do, as you do. There is a pleasure, isn't there, in being able to remain in your comfies as you do, like meeting and <laughs> broadcasting, isn't there? Yeah, there, there is. Uh, yeah, it's definitely, I've, I've taken the easy way out, but there's a time for a glamour and mascara and this morning is not it. So, but I'm here and I'm ready to rock and roll and to bring you these incredible stories of pop culture. Like you said, there are, it's kind of a high-low mix today. There it are, it's, it's kind of, there's, there's all different bits, but we're going to cover them with the uh, seriousness and solemnity. They, they all deserve Louise, to be honest. Well, let's start by talking about Emily Atak, who is an actress from the UK, who a lot of us became familiar with when she was on I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here and she's been talking this week about the fact that apparently she thinks about her weight 95% of every day. Yeah, she got her break on the in-betweeners and then she was, you know, in, on everyone's screens nightly on um, I'm a Celebrity. Uh, she's also Paul McCartney's cousin which I need, she? which is found out, which I think is fascinating. Yeah, her mum is Paul McCartney's first cousin so there you go that's another fact you can break it today in conversation with somebody did you know that Emily attacks Paul McCartney's cousin like, yeah, I didn't know that or we all knew that Esther um but yeah I mean I think it just goes with the territory she says she thinks about her weight most days and feels a pressure to look a certain way I mean what person what woman doesn't in particular what per, what who doesn't you know think about their their online kind of perception uh, most days? But she it kind of consumes her thoughts, and she said she never thought anything negative about her body until she became famous, and she said she's never been able to get get down to the size that people expect of her. Which is, I mean, it's that's not something that's concrete. But I suppose when people are kind of sharing what they think your body should look like in your comments on your social media every day, you're it's you know it's bound to kind of take over your thoughts. And even when she you know she tries to lose weight, and you know trolls still brand her fat. And she said that it started when she was doing the in-betweeners, people online call, started calling her fat. And it's it surprised her because she just hadn't thought about her body and her weight in a negative way. And she said most actresses, she said a lot of actresses are, are smaller size six or eight. And she was a, a, a 10, size 10, 12. And she said, I've never been able to get into the size that people are expecting me to be, which is, it's, it's just strange because, you know, who are these faceless people? And, you know, what are, you can't pin their expectations down. It's going to, you know, one moment you're too thin, one moment, you, you know, you're, you're too big, you know, according yeah. to these anonymous con- comments. So, um, so yeah, it's awful that that's kind of, she, she probably just wants to work on, you know, booking jobs, etc. But she's thinking about the, the exterior, which is, yeah, which is awful. And I think you made a point during the week about, was it, I think it was during the week about um, a post in Jennifer Lopez, you know, and maybe it was last week and she, you know, she's cut, she's works out a lot and stuff. And you said, when you were younger, you'd look at that image and go, beat yourself up. But you look at that now and you go, well, that's, that's sacrifice. And if she wants to do that with her body, then that's, that's one way of living her life. But just, I don't want to live like it's that. It's a choice. <laughs> Yeah, I, I do not. Yeah, I do that's not. That's exactly. Well, that's what I was saying was that like, you know, you don't look like that by mistake or by accident. Certainly not at Jennifer mm-hmm. Lopez's age. So like, you know, she is sacrificing left, right and centre in order to look like that and working damn hard and fair play yeah. to her. But like, I would like to get a takeaway every once in a while and have a glass of wine and like be able to go out for dinner eventually, please God, touch wood, etc. Uh, with my friends mm-hmm. and not worry about it. So, you know, it's all about choices. But I wanted to talk about the Emily Attack thing because 
because, you know, when I saw that, she thinks about her weight 95% of, of mm-hmm. every day. I really, I remember, I used to live like that. And it's, mm-hmm. it, it cannot be underestimated, the the impact that that has on your life and the way that you think about yourself and on the way it takes up space that you could use to be doing other things the way it paralyzes you and stops you from doing things can stop you from eating can stop you from going swimming can stop you from you know going for a job that you feel like you're not mm-hmm. going to get based on weight and I know because I did it um, and it, it is awful and there are some people who who still believe that if you are nasty to someone about their weight it will be an impetus for them to kind of have some kind of body transformation which just isn't true it just literally makes people miserable and in fact the research shows Mm -hmm. that it has the opposite effect and this is just you know I think a very a very clear case of that that this poor woman is living fully antagonized just based on the fact that other people have made this an issue for her like it wasn't an issue for her before anyone else weighed it in and it's just more evidence that we all need to just shut our pie holes when it comes to other people's <laughs> bodies in my opinion um, I agree so let's next we're going to talk about Kate Garraway um, and this is a story I've kind of been following again I got to know Kate Garraway on I'm a Celeb Get Me Out of Here I mean I know she's been on TV in other capacities but that's where I got to know her and she and her family have really been through it haven't they yeah it's really terrible she's a, a good morning um, Britain presenter ex-colleague uh, of Piers Morgan after he walked off. Yeah. We all know that story. Um, but it's, yeah, it's awful. I mean, back you know, last year when we were just kind of learning about it and we really were all terrified, she had the kind of the worst case scenario, the the nightmare scenario that was being projected. Her husband, of Derek, is still in yeah. ICU. With, yeah, with coronavirus. Nearly a year after he was admitted to ho- hospital with coronavirus. And he's considered to be the longest surviving COVID-19 patient in the UK. So there's going to be a documentary on uh, Tuesday, the 23rd of March. Uh, it's going to look at the impact of COVID and her family as, as well as meeting survivors of the disease. Um, yeah, so he was admitted last March, uh, put in a medically induced coma. He woke up in July but he's not, you know, he's not fully out. He kind of uh, slipped in and out of consciousness. The virus has damaged his kidneys, his liver has caused pancreatic damage. And she is, you know, looking after their two children, maintaining this very public job, just carrying all this. And it just is, you know, it's a, it's an extreme case. Um, but it's just, that that's what the documentary is going to look at and just how she is living with and how how he's being cared for and how people caring for him and people who've been impacted by COVID-19 are dealing with this ongoing saga. It's awful. It's really awful. I have a clip of her talking about it. If you get coronavirus and you're lucky, you live. Fantastic. If you're unlucky, you lose your life. But thank goodness Derek's lucky he hasn't. But there is also a whole group of people that that are trapped in the middle ground where the damage from coronavirus is so great that they're not sure that they can get their life back. And that's where he is. And, And I think that actually worked is affected people on a lot of levels. Mm. It's affected people in terms of their mental health. We've seen livelihoods lost. You know, the impact of it is greater than just live or die. I think that's such an important point to make. Even, you know, we are still very much at risk for coronavirus. We have these new variants which are extremely contagious, even more contagious than the previous, uh, you know, the one that we were living with a year ago. Um, And, you know, we need to remember that, you know, this is not something to be casual about. No, exactly. And there are shades in between. That's it. I mean, it's, 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 
you, you want the person to get well, but while this is, of course, and what, but at, and at the same time, all these things are going on and people are living with these things, having to like work shift, you know, do shift work yeah. or having to like consider their bills and, you know, and worry about childcare, which uh, so many families have, but it's it's in a different category at this at this level, and to to carry that burden, it's just awful. And yeah, it's the financial burden. It's the I just I just can't imagine how draining it is, and it is sort of in a no man's land. And you know, when I think in her particular situation, then he, he does regain consciousness and you know kind of appears to be in the room and with them, and then he slips back away. It's it's painful, but it's sort of not the kind of Hollywood ending. Like he's you know he's it's I think better, he's awake again. Yeah. It's it's yeah it's 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 real. And the the for so many families the it's going to stay with them even after the person gets discharged from hospital if 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 that is the 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 outcome. The result, um. Yeah. So yeah. So that's that's on the twenty third of March, and it's going to be on ITV. So. Uh, yeah, it's definitely one to watch. Write that one down, yeah. Um, so the Oscar nominations came out this week. Yes, now we're moving again from the serious, but to a slightly more frivolous um, uh, news story. The Oscars uh, the frivolous? O- how dare you? <laughs> well, of course. I mean, listen, who, I mean, how many Oscar speeches have I given? I might give one out this morning when I'm having my shower. I'm constantly giving speeches and the Grammys, for, I can't play an instrument. I can't play the tin whistle, but look, we won't get into that now. Um, uh, so the 93rd Oscar ceremony will take place on the 25th of April in LA. That stands for Los Angeles, Louise, in case you're not sure. Thank you. Just want to keep it, I'm keeping it very factual today. Yes. Um, Irish film Wolf Walkers, we should mention, from Cartoon Saloon Kilkenny, is nominated as Best Animated Feature alongside Pixar's Soul. So in mm. with the big boys. And I think it's their fourth nomination, I believe. So that is very good. But anyway, unlike, say, the Golden Globes or different award ceremonies, unlike me right now, People can't just zoom in in their gym jams. They, the Oscar producers, so Steven Soderbergh, Stacey Sher, and Jesse Collins, all close friends of ours, Louise, yep. um, issued a letter um, to you know uh, guests, people, and nominees taking part, and they're saying. They want people to be formal. It's cool if you want to just, um, you know, stay at home in your silk pyjamas. But for this ceremony, you're going to have to dress up and zooming in will not be an option. They said they've gone to great lengths to provide a safe and enjoyable evening for all of the guests in person and for the millions of film fans around the world. So they're like, you need to step it up. We can't just accept your oversized bunny slippers. We we like your low key cashmere, you know, jumpsuit looks. They're very good. We've all worked hard in it this year, but unfortunately, they are not acceptable for this ceremony. It is the Oscars, so people are going to have to turn up in person. It's all going to be, you know, COVID safe, and they're going to have the snazziest and best and most medically accurate tests on on uh, yeah. on site. But um, yeah, you're just going to have to dress up for this one, unfortunately, and wash your hair. Well, I for one am very happy to hear this because in America, people are getting vaccinated at such a fast rate that loads of them will probably be vaccinated, first of all. And secondly, I would imagine that if they're going to great lengths to make sure that it's a safe ceremony, much like the Grammys where they had them outside and everyone was, you know, far away from each other and they were all yeah. wearing masks, like... What it means is we get the looks. And Esther, after the year we've had, I think we deserve the looks. We deserve the looks and we deserve the looks. We deserve the <laughs> L-E-W-K-S's. We okay? do. We, we want it all, we need it all, and we accept it all. So let's go, the Oscars. Let's go. Put on your um your mesh d- diamond-encrusted mask <laughs> and let's just go and win some Oscars, baby. Yes. And let's go uh, Cartoon Saloon. So we yes. have our fingers crossed for them. We want Cartoon mm-hmm. Saloon. Mm-hmm. And also mm-hmm. great to see that the Oscar nominations this year, I think, are their most diverse ever. So good to see improvement being made on that f- uh, front as well. Okay, we've got lots 
more to talk about. Reeling in the ears is back. And uh, <laughs> Billie Eilish changed her hair. Guys, I mean, we've got a lot to talk about. <laughs> so stick around. We'll be back after this. Louise McSherry on 2FM. Love that. That is Long Nights. Irish music for you from Abby Koulibaly on 2FM. Now I am joined by the delightful, the wonderful host of the 80% <laughs> podcast. It's Esther Moore Donahue. Hello, Esther. Louise, thank you. Thank you so much for that. You're welcome. <laughs> um, Reeling in the ears is back. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> People got so excited about this during the week. We are so starved. We are so bored of going on walks. We just need new <laughs> stimulus constantly. And yes, the Oscars are taking place on the 25th of April. And as we as mentioned a few moments ago, excited, delighted. However, the new series of Reading in the Years, maybe we should all get dressed up for this. It starts on the 11th of April. So we have that glamour to start with. And then we can, get, we can deal with the Oscars. And it's covering the years 2010 to... Pause for dramatic effect, 2019. Yeah. So I cannot wait for December 2019 when we look at what wallies were we? What were we thinking? What were we doing? I, I had a quick Google and looked at one of the stories. Now, obviously, there's lots more series, of course, of course, things going on at the time. But one story in the Irish Times in December 2019 was over 40% wash Christmas turkey despite warning from uh, Connor Pope in the Irish Times. And I was like, well, <laughs> I... I detoxed my apples and oranges for a good three to four months when they came into the house and in 2020. Um, so it's going to be, we're going to be like, it's going to be like, yeah, okay, what happened in 2010? Yeah, 2012? Oh yeah, that was fine. 2019, bring me to 2019 and we can see. So we had no clue. So uh, it's going to cover Katie Taylor, Dakota Line, Mrs. Brown's Boys to the Marriage Referendum in 2015. The, the arrival of fake news and fidget spinners, Louise. Oh, Think about fidget it. Fidget spinners. spinners occurred between what 2010 and 2019. I know, what a time to be well, alive. I actually, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I'm going to say it. Uh, mm-hmm. So obviously we're all working at home and mm-hmm. my husband works in television and he worked uh, on one episode of Reeling in the Years. So <laughs> for a while, uh, earlier this year, he was working on it in our like kitchen, basically. And I it was... It was a very confusing time because I kept hearing news reports and being like, what? And then realizing, oh, no, this is X number of years old. Um, so I, I'm very looking forward to it because very much looking forward to it, I think, is how the English language works. Um, because I heard little drips and drabs of news reports and music and I can't wait to see it all come together. It's just we just love a bit of looking back on our own lives, don't we? Yeah, no, it's it is that sort of oh yeah, I remember that. And you remember then you go on to a story about your cousin at the time and this happened to that person. Yeah. <laughs> we were at that wedding, we missed that. Remember at the wedding and the TV was on and we saw that match. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, they're like so yeah, we love all of that. I remember watching what's that film? Is the is the Irish film is it once with Glenn Hansard? Yeah. I remember whenever they came out years ago, my great aunt and my grandmother and they didn't take in any of the acting, any of the they just were like there's Sackville Street. Is that what? That's what the whole thing was. They didn't take in any. They won't ask. Didn't care. We're not interested. Just looking. I've been in that shop, and that's what reading in the years is. You're like, we've been there on our. I think we do go in there holiday. We've all been to Trabalgan. Oh, we went to Trabalgan. Remember? Match. Remember? Yeah. And I sprained my ankle. Um. So reading in the years is what we all need. It's like a little hug in a mug, I'm a hug in a TV excited. mug. So we're excited. So that is the. 11th of April, Oscars, the 25th of April. So just get that, get the, you get your priorities in order and be ready for those two events. Um, let's talk about Billie Eilish because she changed her hair, Esther. <laughs> um, here's what we know, Louise. Here's what we know. Uh, she had one colour hair and she changed it. Possibly she was wearing a wig for a portion of that time. We're not entirely sure. But indeed, the green and black hair combo is over. And 
let's kind of, we'll bring the science into a little bit to try and make, give this a tiny bit of weight. Her hair picture is the fastest post in history on Instagram to achieve one million likes. It's wild. Achieving that in just six minutes, beating the previous record held by Selena Gomez on her 26th birthday in 2018. So that is the science. You can't argue with that. Um, so yeah, she dyed her uh, hair blonde <laughs> following the Grammys last week, put it up on Instagram with the caption, a classic, pinch me. Uh, but later she added the captions, blonde and by green and uh, as of yesterday when I checked it it has over 20 million uh, uh, likes on Instagram which is quite a significant amount and if you have numeric dysmorphia perhaps I got 42 on my last Instagram post so there's a bit of a discrepancy there's a bit of a just to show you in case you can't really take in how much 20 million likes is and so you know we're all well we're you know a lot of us are consumed with uh, our hair it's you know different lengths it's it may be in a bit of a heap at the moment but uh, Billy's got a great team you can't just dye your hair like that blonde overnight so she probably was wearing a wig no her hair would have all fallen out so she probably wore yeah she did an Instagram story of her with the green and black hair where she lifts it and it is a wig yeah so I think because the Grammys were only last week I think she had to like yes I having had bleach blonde hair for a long time I know you cannot go from that green and black to bleach blonde in one session or even two sessions like it's going to take you a few goes so I reckon she was in process and had Mm -hmm. to wear the green and black wig for the Grammys Yes, which and the, makes me think she was very warm at the Grammys because she was wearing a lot of clothes and a mask <laughs> and a wig and a hat. She, yeah, she had a lot of layers on. She had a lot of a lot of layers on. And she before the her documentary came out though, um, the uh, the world's a little blurry on Apple. She said she's going to change her hair after the doc comes out. It will yeah. be the end of an era. I'm going to give you a new era, and the new era is blonde. Clearly, so well, there you go. It. I'm, yeah. obs- I'm kind she of obsessed great. with her since I watched that documentary. Like, I find myself just thinking about her, like, from yes. time to time during my day. No, she, yeah, I, I only watched it, like, I watched it after it came out, or after everyone else had watched it and watched it in the first night, because I'm just so cool. But <laughs> I, so I was late to the party that was like, there's an Irish physio in that. And of course, I was straight on to Google, who's the Irish physio in Billy Irish's <laughs> documentary? So his name is Freddie Murray from Clonmel. I think he's done a bit of moody during the week. So he's worked with Hans Zimmer, Dave Grohl, Billy, and Katie Price. As well. Freddie, is it? Yeah, Freddie Murray. Now, I hope Freddie I got that right. Yeah, Freddie, Freddie Murray. He's from, he's from Tipperary, so someone from Tip will ring in if we got that wrong. But oh, someone, sure, great. Someone might know. great to see the, the Irish doing well now across the world. <laughs> he's a physio. He's doing physio. For, he's doing physio with Dave Grohl. Fair is he? Late. He is. Yeah. Physio for Billie Eilish. Uh, I love Billie Eilish. He is great. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on and let's talk about Elliot Page on the cover of Time magazine. Yes, this is, uh, sorry, my documents after going up a bit of putty. Yes, uh, Elliot Page is on the current cover of Time uh, magazine, speaking for the first time about his transition. Um, and he talked about the impact of the pandemic um, on maybe forcing him to think about uh, accepting his gender identity and he talks about his future in acting. Um, so in December, he came out as transgender, but um, this is sort of his, his you know, kind of pu- real public debut and it's a really extensive interview and it's available yeah. on- online. So if you want to go and have a read of that. It's really um, good. Yeah, it's really, yeah, it's really, really good. And um so it just, it just, it's, it kind of charts his, and I, you know, we all hate to use this word, but we use it all the time, his journey. Um, and he said he remembers when he was uh, uh, age nine, he was finally allowed to cut his hair short. And he said, I felt like a boy. I wanted to be a boy. I would ask my mom if I uh, could be someday. And he said after the haircut, strangers started perceiving him the way he saw himself. And it, he said it felt, it felt right and exciting. But, you know, you know, life gets in the way and it's not just this straight, um, straight line to 
you know becoming fully who you 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 are well especially uh, if you're an actor and so therefore you have to have certain looks like Elliot couldn't keep his hair short because he was playing various roles which required him to have longer more feminine appearance yeah, he became a professional actor uh, when he was 10. And so he had to wear a wig for his first, you know, his first role. And he had to look a certain way. And yeah, that was must have been so hard when you kind of, you know, you're like you're being stifled again after kind of f- discovering this. Um, but I think he's and he acknowledges in the interview as well that he has a lot of privilege and his money and it's not he's the resources to help him get, you know, get to where he is today. Yeah. And he wants to use that privilege and platform, you know, um, to help others and even you know he, he talks about uh, discussing with you know costume designers on sets and stuff not to you know before previous to this not giving him you know f- uh, women's cuts of t-shirts and things like things like that to be sensitive to what you're asking people to wear and just to you know make it comfortable and you know allow actors to be who they are and yeah. um, it can be so painful to not fully yourself Uh, so it's a really good interview I think if you're someone who struggles a little bit with fully understanding um kind of the experiences of trans people I think it's very enlightening Mm -hmm. um so I would definitely recommend as you said it's available online yeah and also the one last thing I want to say there's something that I I hadn't thought about uh they they bring up the idea of visibility gaps and it it just makes the point that historically trans women have been more visible in culture and in Hollywood than trans men because our culture is obsessed with femininity and men's bodies are less policed and scrutinized so you know um so I thought that was interesting I never thought about that before mm. you know um so it is powerful to have him on the cover of time and Absolutely. it's really extensive and yeah everyone should read the interview it's very good I agree That's and up. now yeah, very yeah. quickly years and years are splitting up kind of they're they're doing a bit of a sugar babes on it lot to be honest <laughs> with you um so they announced on Thursday they've split up but they're kind of reconfigured the lead singer um Ollie Alexander who everybody loved and it's a sin and was incredibly Powerful in that performance is going to continue the group as a solo project. So he's just kind of keeping the name. He's like, no, I'm just going to be it. Um, and, Dead right, um, to be honest. Yeah, he's like, yeah, look, we got the brand. It's so hard to build a brand. Everybody that's knows it. it's that's really it. hard. So just hang on to the name. <laughs> the Instagram account, it's really hard to build up your followers. So um, Mikey Goldsworth and um, Emery Turkman will be no longer part of the group going forward, but Mikey will be performing at live gigs, etc. They formed in 2010. There has been another one other um, lineup change. I think there was five members originally. Um, but now Ollie's going to just be like, see you later, guys. I'm off to do this by myself. Um, but they all love each other. They're all friends. They say uh, that they're going to, yeah, they're still going to play together. And um, new music will be arriving this spring. Well, it's spring now. So uh, come on, Ollie. Some... <laughs> so come on. It's spring. I know it's spring in different times on. in England and Ireland, but come on. It is spring now. Where's the music? I would have expected something this morning. So, um, <laughs> So we'll see. So yeah, we can look forward to that. Well, Esther, thank you so much. Esther and more Donahue. Uh, we really appreciate your contribution. Where can people find you? You can find me at Esther Two Names on Instagram. Come on, let's get me to 43 likes. Get me to 43 <laughs> likes on my last post. Come on, guys. Gotta have get to 20 million. Have a really good rest of the weekend, Esther. Thanks so much. Thanks. Louise McSherry on 2FM.